Greetings, fellow travelers. It's September 25th. If you want encouragement to read through the Bible in a year, you've come to the right place. We want to help you stick with it so that you can gain the full counsel of God in the Scriptures and hopefully grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is David McAdam, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. It is good to be with you and share this half hour together. We'll be reading the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament and Paul's letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament today, as well as making our daily stops in the books of Psalms and Proverbs. So let's go to the prophet Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 11, and we will read through to chapter 48, verse 11, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the One who formed Him, Ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the work of my hands? I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their host. I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and set my exiles free, not for price or reward, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord, The wealth of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabaeans, men of stature, shall come over to you and be yours. They shall follow you. They shall come over in chains and bow down to you. They will plead with you, saying, Surely God is in you, and there is no other, no God besides him. Truly, You are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, the Savior. All of them are put to shame and confounded. The makers of idols go in confusion together. But Israel is saved by the Lord with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other besides me. A righteous God and a Savior, there is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness, a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Only in the Lord it shall be said of me, our righteousness and strength. To him shall come and be ashamed, all who are incensed against him. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. Chapter 46 The Idols of Babylon and the One True God Bel bows down, Nebo stoops, their idols are on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are borne as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together, they cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. 
Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear. I will carry, and will save. To whom will you liken me, and make me equal? And compare me, that we may be alike. Those who lavish gold from the purse, and weigh out silver in the scales, hire a goldsmith, and he makes it into a god. Then they fall down and worship. They lift it to their shoulders, they carry it. They set it in its place, and it stands there. It cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart, you who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion, for Israel my glory. Chapter 47 The Humiliation of Babylon Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind flour, put off your veil, strip off your robe, uncover your legs, pass through the waters. Your nakedness shall be uncovered, and your disgrace shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will spare no one. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is His name, is the Holy One of Israel. Sit in silence, and go into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no more be called the mistress of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my heritage. I gave them into your hand. You showed them no mercy. On the aged you made your yoke exceedingly heavy. You said, I will be mistress forever, so that you did not lay these things to heart or remember their end. Now therefore hear this, you lover of pleasures, who sit securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. I shall not sit as a widow, or know the loss of children. These two things shall come to you, in a moment, in one day. The loss of children and widowhood shall come upon you in full measure, in spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantments. You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray, and you said in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. But evil shall come upon you, which you will not know how to charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, for which you will not be able to atone, and ruin shall come upon you suddenly, of which you know nothing. Stand fast in your enchantments and your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you may be able to succeed, perhaps you may inspire terror. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let them stand forth and save you, those who divide the heavens, who gaze at the stars, who at the new moons make known what shall come upon you. Behold, they are like stubble, the fire consumes them, they cannot deliver themselves 
from the power of the flame. No coal for warming oneself is this, no fire to sit before. Such to you are those with whom you have labored, who have done business with you from your youth. They wander about, each in his own direction. There is no one to save you. Chapter 48 Israel Refined for God's Glory Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord, and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they call themselves after the holy city, and stay themselves on the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts is his name. The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth, and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them, and they came to pass. Because I know that you are obstinate, and your neck is an iron sinew, and your forehead brass, I declared them to you from of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you. Lest you should say, My idol did them, my carved image and my metal image commanded them. You have heard, now see all this, and will you not declare it? From this time forth I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago. Before today you have never heard of them. Lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. You have never heard, you have never known. From of old your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from before birth you were called a rebel. For my name's sake I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament passage today from the book of Isaiah. Once again, Isaiah proclaims what God has to say about the future. There are times when, in God's wisdom, he chooses to hide himself, in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15. But this does not mean that he is not active. He works under cover. He operates in surprising ways. Sometimes we look in the wrong direction and we miss out on seeing him work. The Lord delivers his people from their bondage in Babylon by using a pagan king. Cyrus is the head of the Achaemenid Persian dynasty and a Zoroastrian. He worshipped the Ahuras, including the Babylonian god Marduk. But it is God who says that he will raise up Cyrus, and Cyrus will rebuild my city and set my exiles free. Isaiah gives this prophecy 100 years before Cyrus is born and calls him by name in Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1. Perhaps Cyrus was made aware of this and it moved him to be sympathetic to the Jews. After conquering Babylon, he granted freedom to a number of the people groups and permitted them to worship their deities as long as they paid tribute and remained subject to the Persian Empire. However, Isaiah makes it clear that it is God alone who is the Savior of Israel. He can use whatever means he chooses to provide deliverance. In delivering the Jewish remnant from the Babylonians, he chose to use Cyrus. However, God himself is the deliverer and he himself would be the means of providing salvation to a whole world lost in sin. The call to repentance and faith is global. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 22. Man-made religion and idolatries cannot save. 
They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save, in Isaiah 45, verse 20. In contrast, the God of Israel has an eternal salvation in mind. Israel has been saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will not be put to shame or humiliated to all eternity. Isaiah 45, verse 17. In Isaiah chapter 46, the true God of Israel is compared to the idols of Babylon, Bel and Nebo. In chapter 46, verses 1 and 2, and 6 and 7, Bel was the Babylonian sun god, and Nebo was his son, the god of science and learning. When the Babylonians fled the Persians, they had to carry their gods on beasts of burden, in Isaiah 46, 1. Isaiah's prophecy proclaims that the Babylonians have to carry their gods, but the one true God carries the people of Israel. He will even carry them when they are old folks. Even to your old age I will be the same, and even to your graying years I will bear you. I have done it, and I will carry you, and I will bear you, and I will deliver you. Isaiah 46, verse 4. Who is like God, who can predict the future, and is assured of all outcomes? declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Isaiah 46, verse 10. Babylon will be destroyed as Cyrus and the Persians swoop down from the east like birds of prey. Isaiah 46, verse 11. Chapter 47 describes the empire's downfall. Babylon was considered the eternal queen, but her reign was cut short. In Isaiah 47, verse 7, the city had heavy occult influences. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Isaiah 47, verse 13, they are proved useless. The destruction of Babylon described in Isaiah chapter 47 is also representative of the fall of the satanic world system, Babylon the Great, in the book of Revelation, chapter 18. God exposes the hypocrisy of those Jews who have acclimatized to the Babylonian and Persian cultures. When Cyrus gives them permission to return to Jerusalem, many decide to stay and live among the Persians. They swear by the name of the Lord and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth and righteousness. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 1. He foretold the good news of their liberation, yet they will not proclaim it or obey it. Instead of giving witness to the salvation of their God, their Persian neighbors would likely credit their blessings to the graven and molten idols of the Babylonians and Persians. This scripture reminds us that we are accountable to live in submission to the revealed will of God, even when it has to do with the future. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, even before it comes on earth in full. We have dual citizenship. Although we live in various countries around the world, we who are Christians serve another king, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord jealously guards His promise not to cut Israel off. He delays His wrath and will execute it wisely when the time comes. His glory is in view. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned, and my glory I will not give to another? Isaiah 48, verses 10 to 11. Now let's go to our New Testament passage for today in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Unity in the body of Christ. 
Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Chapters 1 through 3 in the book of Ephesians had to do with the Christian's identity and position in Christ Jesus, as well as the place of the church in the plan of God. These are gospel facts. We are to sit on them, implying that we confidently put the full weight of our trust upon them, resting on this reality with full assurance. Chapters 4 and 5 are concerned with the believer's walk, how we are to live out the gospel day by day, step by step. Chapters 1 through 3 dealt with doctrine. Chapters 4 through 6 deal with duty. Chapter 6 will call believers to stand in the victory of Christ against all the forces of evil. The indicative precedes the imperative. We must learn the facts of who Christ is and who we are in Him if we are to act accordingly. Identity precedes function. We learn first what Christ has done before we learn what we are to do. And that will be according to His power that works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Believers are called to walk worthy of their calling, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, in a way that distinguishes them from the unbelieving world, in chapter 4, verse 17, to walk in love, in chapter 5, verse 2, as children of light, in chapter 5, verse 8, and in wisdom, chapter 5, verse 15. They are to walk in unity, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, purity, in chapter 4, verses 17 through chapter 5, verse 17, and harmony in chapter 5, verse 18 through chapter 6, verse 9. Our union with Christ is a fact. The unity of the church as the body of Christ is a fact in the mind of God. 
It has been established by the perfect work on the cross, which has made it possible for all members to be partakers of one life. Therefore, we are called to make every effort to preserve what is already there of unity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. God is over all. This describes His transcendence. He stands outside and above His creation. He rules it with infinite care. He also works through all and in all. This describes His imminence. He is actively present and at work in the world and works in and through believers. Beliefs that deny these facts do not present a true view of the Bible, such as the false belief systems of pantheism and deism. Paul then explains the diversity within the unity. He introduces how God's grace works in the lives of each member so that they express the life of Christ with their unique gifts, talents, personalities, and opportunities. Every Christian has a unique portion in the corporate expression of Christ in their particular locality. With their unique gifts come special responsibilities to serve others. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for self-consumption, self-glory, or self-satisfaction, but for the edification of the body of Christ and the common good. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and chapter 14, verse 12. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a manifestation of God's grace. In chapter 4, verse 7, the Holy Spirit sovereignly distributes them and oversees their use according to His will and His revealed truth in the Scriptures. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, Paul references Psalm 68, verse 18. This was a victory hymn composed to celebrate King David's conquest of Jebus, the Jebusite city of Jerusalem and his ascension up Mount Zion. The picture is that of a conqueror who is marching with the spoil of his victory. He is in a position to be crowned as victor and to give gifts of men who were once prisoners of war to serve others. When Christ arrives in heaven after the crucifixion and resurrection, having defeated Satan, he is crowned as federal head of the new creation and gives gifts of men to the church to serve as equippers of the church. Paul starts with what we might call word gifts. We have received the inspired New Testament scriptures through the apostles and prophets. These are the first order apostles and prophets that belong to the apostolic age who gave us the good news of God's great salvation in written form. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 3 through 4. The word apostle means sent one and prophet refers to one who prophesies, speaking forth God's word. Missionaries, church planters, and preachers would be of the second order of apostles and prophets in a more limited sense than the first. Together with evangelists and pastor-teachers, they are given by God to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The Granville Sharp rule of Greek grammar combines both pastor and teacher because the definite article is placed before each office except that of the teacher, which is joined by the conjunction to the office of the pastor. This grammatical rule suggests that the offices of pastor and teacher in this instance are combined. God gives us the gift of equippers in the local church to reproduce ministry and build up the body of Christ. In order to function in harmony, 
we must be growing upon the foundation of the Apostles' doctrine so we can grow to attain the unity of the faith and become a mature and full expression of Christ as members of His body. Each member of the body needs to be equipped to speak the truth in love and function according to their gift, expressing their portion of the body of Christ so that we can be a healthy, mature body. How do we know when we reach maturity? When we are solid in our expression of Christ's truth and love, no longer tossed about by every wind of doctrine, or giving in to the deceitful scheming, trickery, and craftiness of false teachers. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13-16. through 16. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 68, verses 19-35. through 35. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up, God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belong deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of His enemies, the hairy crown of Him who walks in His guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan, I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your feet in their blood, that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary, the singers in front, the musicians last, between them virgins playing tambourines. Bless God in the great congregation, the Lord, O you who are of Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulun, the princes of Naphtali. Summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those who lust after tribute. Scatter the peoples who delight in war. Nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord, to Him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens. Behold, He sends out His voice, His mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel, and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from His sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to His people. Blessed be God. And this is the end of our reading from today's psalm. We are continuing to read the psalm that the Apostle Paul references in Ephesians chapter 4. The battle psalm is also a psalm extolling Christ as our victor. It is a messianic psalm. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation. Selah. The victory of Christ won at the cross comes to mind as we read this psalm. He has defeated all enemies from the east, that is Bashan, and the west, the sea and has crushed the head of Satan. Psalm 68, verse 23. What a grand victorious procession is in view. Psalm 68, verses 24 through 27. His people bring forth the fragrance of Christ. A united kingdom is in view. Benjamin and Judah, the southern kingdom, is here with Zebulun and Naphtali, the northern kingdom. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14-15 through 15. God's glory and strength is on display and called for through these redeemed people. The psalmist predicts that the kings of this world will one day recognize this. And now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Wisdom is needed for all domestic enterprises. Husbands can edify their wives and wives their husbands by applying the counsel of the Lord. By the application of biblical precepts, we can nurture our children and train them to think and act with a biblical worldview. Every aspect of our lives benefit when we are filled with the rich supply of the wisdom of God's Word and yield to the ministry of God's Spirit. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. O Lord, You have revealed Yourself in history and in the Scriptures as a covenant-keeping God. Your promises never fail. There is no one like You. You have provided for us such a great salvation that nothing can separate us from Your love and no one can pluck us out of Your hand. We are saved by looking to You, transferring the full weight of our trust to Your Holy Son Jesus and His perfect work on our behalf. Who have we in heaven but You? Help us to anchor our faith on the truth You have revealed, so that even on those days when Your presence is hidden to us, we will not be tossed about or shaken. In Jesus' name, Amen. I trust you were blessed and encouraged by God's self-revelation in His Word today. Personally, I feel so enriched by what we have been reading from the prophet Isaiah and Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I look forward to being with you tomorrow. So God willing, we will continue reading through the Bible. My prayer is that the meditations of your heart shall be sweet this day. If you would like a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible portion, you can subscribe to a free daily email written commentary by going to our website, newlife.org. And there you can learn more about New Life Community Church and its many ministries. And if you'd like to contact us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. So until our next excursion, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. Shalom.